over the last seven years, I have tried every kind of marketing you can possibly imagine for my business. And I have determined over that time that direct mail has been by far the most profitable marketing channel I have ever tried. And I've spent over a million dollars just testing it out figuring out what works and figuring out what doesn't. And through that time, I've been able to generate over 100 deals per year in my business using direct mail. And now I've created a very small but very powerful mini course on how I utilize direct mail in my business. It explains everything I do from A to Z, and I've made this available to you absolutely free. That's right, no charge, no obligations, just go to my website, mikesimmons.com forward slash winning direct mail, mikesimmons.com forward slash winning direct mail to find out how you can implement my system in your business and start generating more leads through direct mail. Go check it out. It's absolutely free. I can't wait for you to try it. So basically we bought the house wrong, uh, went to the MLS, bought the house wrong. Um, we didn't pay attention to comps. We okay. figured since we had the house and we was going to do the house, instead of being, say, the neighborhood was at 220, man, this house is going to be worth 280 when we're done. You're listening to the Just Start Real Estate Podcast. If you're serious about your real estate investing business and need real answers, you are in the right place. And now, your host, Mike Simmons. All right. Thank you for joining me on the show today. I'm excited to be here. I love the guest that I have for you today. And he is a lot of fun to talk to. We had some laughs for sure. And uh, we also discussed some really great real estate. And uh, that's what you're here for, right? Uh, for me to make you laugh and to teach you about real estate. So that's what we did today. Uh, guys, if you haven't heard already, uh, I think you heard it on the top of the show. Uh, but I have something that I've created that I'm really excited about. I'm excited enough to say it again, even though you just heard it. And I'm going to make this quick. If you go to my website, MikeSimmons.com uh, and uh, forward slash winning direct mail. So MikeSimmons.com forward slash winning direct mail. I created a five part video series that teaches you how I have learned to do direct mail successfully over the last seven years and after spending over a million dollars in marketing. So I've spent that money so you don't have to waste it trying to figure things out. I created a video series for you and it is completely free. You can't beat free. So go and check it out. MikeSimmons.com forward slash winning direct mail free course. Go get it. Okay, guys, today I have on the show uh, someone that I had a lot of fun talking to and I have just as much of a difficult time saying his name properly. So I asked him to say it for me so that I would know exactly and hopefully I don't screw it up. His name is Nasser L. Arabi. I think I said that exactly right, so I'm not going to say it again. Nasser was a lot of fun. He is a wealth of knowledge, just just doing cool stuff in real estate, and we had a fun conversation. So uh, I give you, without any further ado, Nasser L. Arabi. All right, Nasser, man, I appreciate you being here. Thanks for doing this. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait to talk to you. Hey, I'm looking forward to it, man. And I appreciate you even uh, inviting me, man. Thanks a lot, Mike. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You have a great story. And uh, I, I think the the audience will absolutely benefit from hearing your story and hearing what you're up to. And uh, and I just think you've got a lot of good stuff going on. So uh, this should be a lot of fun. should be very informative. And, and that's exactly uh, what I'm expecting, man. So uh, I've heard you on other podcasts. I know you can bring it. So I'm excited to talk to you. So for the folks who haven't heard you before, and uh, they've heard a little bit about you, right? We did a little, little intro for you. But can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself, kind of get them up to speed on who you are and what you're up to? 
All right, I'm Nasser, aka the real estate guru. I'm not a guru, I'm a guru because I actually do this business. I've been involved in real estate since 2007. I, uh, that's when I bought my first property. And um, I actually, me and my partner, we bought that to flip, right? And from us buying it to flip, watching flip those house shows, we end up losing like $7,000 a piece. Um, <laughs> Pretty much did everything wrong. Uh, yeah, fl- yeah, flipping ain't easy. Let's. <laughs> yeah, it can be <laughs> yeah, challenging. Yeah, yeah. So it's not easy. Um, and then I relocated. I'm from, born and raised from New Jersey, uh, North Jersey, Elizabeth, New Jersey, and uh, born and raised man, and uh, relocated in 2010. I'm sorry, relocated 2008 um, to Charlotte, North Carolina. I bought a rental the traditional way. 09, bought a rental the traditional way as well. So went to go buy another one. They told me my debt to income was too high. So I thought my real estate uh, career was over. In 2010, I found out about creative real estate investing. Yeah. And from finding out about creative real estate investing, I realized that you didn't need um, your money or your credit. So with that being said, you know, fast forward, um, I got fired from my job September in 2012. That's when I got fired and um, been doing this business full time ever since. Um, my highest paying job, and I do have a college degree, is thirty eight thousand. Now I have a seven figure real estate business. It's amazing, right? How you can go to school for four years or whatever to get your degree uh, to make ten times less than or more than ten times, you know, twenty times what you could make out on your own. So let's go back for a minute. I'm just I'm curious, and I know people like to hear this kind of stuff. It may not be fun to relive, but I think it's educational. When you did that first flip and you lost seven thousand dollars each, what what fundamentally went wrong? What if you looking back? What were the mistakes? How, why'd you lose money? We didn't know anything about real estate. I found out the mistake was I was reading a book and um, I got into self self development um, late in life. I was twenty six when I got into self development, so that's probably. 2009, 2010. And that's when I first started reading. Man, high school, I had a 1.8 GPA. You know, I was there to be fly, class clown, and be popular. You know, college, I cheated all through college. I was, I'm one of them people that went through college. Uh, I came in dumb, left dumb. You know, I'm one of those guys. <laughs> Dude, you know what? Listen, first of all, it's so refreshing to hear someone say I cheated all the way through college. Because I think what happens in college is you get good at being in college and whatever that takes, right? Like people, you know, some some mild form of plagiarism or like have a friend who helps you out. Like, I think people get good at getting good grades or get good at getting through classes as opposed to necessarily learning a lot. So that's hilarious, man. That's great. Yeah, yeah, you know, I in, in mine was no mild plagiarism. This is before, you know, now the kids like this generation. I mean, like I, from my understanding, I, I graduated college in 07, but like at, a few years after, that's when I heard the professors uh, in the school started implementing turnitin.com. And on turnitin.com, yeah, yeah. turn I was advised that you have to have like, <laughs> It had to be a certain percentage or if it's not, you got to redo it. So this before that. So I was able to buy papers online, submit papers and, you know, not get caught. But anyway, yeah. so. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'll bet is happening right now? People are learning how to work around the system. You know what I mean? It's still happening. Oh, they didn't eliminate plagiarism. Trust me. But that's funny. Oh, oh 
always, always, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, with that, with that, with, you know, with that being said, what we did wrong was, um, oh yeah, 2009, I found that it took me, so two years after doing it, I found out what I did wrong, which was I was reading a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And um, in the book, he says, before investing in real estate, you have to learn about real estate. Before investing in stocks, you have to learn about stocks. Yeah. So I put the book down. I was at my car in the job at the desk. I put the book down. I said, I never learned about real estate. Like, I never learned about it. Like, I, I just did it. Yeah. Because it's a TV show. Yeah. The TV show made it seem easy. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, all I got to do is buy an ugly house, yell at some contractors, make a bunch of money. <laughs> like, why, why would you not choose this as a career path, right? Yeah. Yeah, so yelling uh, some contractors. You must have been watching. Uh, there was a guy back then, back when you're talking about, because I watched him too. I started in 07, I mean, 08, I'm sorry. And uh, there was a guy, Armando Montalongo. That's who I was watching. Me yeah. too, right? He'd roll up in that Hummer and just start yelling at people. <laughs> That's who I was watching. I figured, like, yo, I'm about to give me a check. <laughs> yeah, that's funny, man. That guy was all over the place back then. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, so that's what happened, man. You know, I figured like I was going to get me a check. Yeah, Armando Armando Montalago. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I I knew all the characters by name, so I figured I I can do it. So anyway, um, yeah, man, I was. Um, oh yeah, so basically, we bought the house wrong. Uh, went to the MLS, bought the house wrong. Um, we didn't pay attention to comps. We okay. figured since we had the house and we was going to do the house um, instead of. You being say the neighborhood was at 220, man, this house is gonna be worth 280 when we done. Because yeah. we did it. Yeah. You know, we did it. <laughs> that's so. that's sound logic, man. That's solid. <laughs> <laughs> Pe- people are gonna look at it differently because you did it. Right. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's what funny. we thought, you know, that's what we figured. And um contractors took advantage of us. Um yeah. he, at least he finished though, because it can get worse, but he yeah. finished, he just he just took forever to finish. Um, but yeah, the contractors took advantage of us. Everybody took advantage of us. All right, so contractors took advantage of us. The realtor company, I don't know. Um, what, what state are you in, man? Michigan. Oh, I, no, I don't think they were out in Michigan. It was a company called Foxton. Okay. Pre-crash. All right. They bought all their agents um, Mini Coopers, right? Like all the agents would you get a Mini Coopers. Listen, all the agents, they get a Mini Cooper and... Um, they were everybody was on the forty thousand dollars salary plus commission. Everybody. Okay. So we listed with them because they had they were popular for like I think it was one point five percent listings or two percent listings. They were popular for that. So we like well we'll save money and you know do yeah. with Foxton. Um, they drove green and white Mini Coopers. <laughs> While they had our, our, our listing, man, um, they went under. Oh no. They went under, bro. So because if you remember in the 07, 08, in 07, 08, that was the beginning of what we thought was bad, but it got worse. Like (laughs) it would get worse every month. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, man. And um, they went under. Then another firm bought our um, another firm bought our um, listings from them. And that guy, he made sure he made a bunch of money. Um, and yeah, we, we end up taking a loss and you know, it Dude, is that sucks. So after that happened, um, 
it's I think you said the next thing you did was buy a rental, but were you guys like done with flipping? Was that like that was fun? We're never doing that again. Yeah, I was done with flipping because I figured this is what I figured in my mind. The market, because if the people who are not around, if you're around anywhere from 2008 to like 2012, 13, you turn on any station, stay away from real estate. Real estate yeah. goes down this. Oh my God, real estate. You know, it was mm-hmm. stay away. Don't, don't touch it. You know, so yep. we figured in my in our minds, yo, it's not the market to flip. We got to buy rentals. And of course I was wrong again, but yeah, you know, you can flip in any market cycle at any interest rate. Yeah, 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 for sure. Okay, I, when you said you were wrong, I'm like, you weren't wrong to buy rentals. That's for sure, man. That's the prices were. No, great. no, no. I was right then, yeah. um, but I, I didn't know I was right. But I was right then. But I'm talking about we could have been flipping. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All it is is you just buying right, and then the first time home by a price point. Yeah, yeah. you know what's great, and this is good for the audience to hear. When you're, if we're in a market like that again, and I don't know if we're going to see anything as crazy as that was, but if you're right. in a market that's declining. It it may you're right. The news and everyone's telling you to get out. And and your thought was like this isn't a good market, but it's it's so much easier to buy in those markets because everyone that you want to buy from is hearing the news too, and they're freaking out. And so they just it's a fire sale. They just want to dump their house. So I was I was flipping from 08 to 2012, and you go into houses and go, hey, did you watch the news last night? And they're like, yeah, and they can't wait to give you their house at a discount. So. You know, you can definitely buy and sell. You can, real estate can be done in any market, to your point, right? It can be done in any market. So don't get too freaked out by a market like we're in now, which is super strong for the seller, or the opposite. It all works. So, yes. Cool. So you went into residential rentals, it sounds like. Uh, how, how many of those did you gobble up? How did that go for you? And I know you've kind of transitioned a little bit from there, too, but what did that look like when you were buying residential rentals? I was at my job, first job in the call center, making $10 an hour. Second one was like $12. And um, upon my firing, my last my last firing was like $38K a year. But anyway, um, I I bought a rental property and for like $42,000. The mortgage was $350. So I rented it out for $750, right? And bought another one for like $80,000. The, the mortgage was $800, which back then, maybe because I was in my 20s, I was young. $800 a month was a lot of money for a house back then. So mm-hmm. um, to me, and um, that broke even. And um, I had went through like three tenants, and then finally I got a tenant that they were consistent um, with making payments. And I just, I never raised the rent and just let it break even and, and gain the buttload of equity in that house. I sold that one in 18, 2018, picked up a check for like a hundred thousand, 70 mm. of it was profit. And I have to that nice. some. Um, but yeah, so those are the two rentals I bought before learning about creative real estate. Now I have a much bigger portfolio, way bigger than that. But after learning about creative real estate, I also learned, and when you start to do real estate and you get better at it. So I got better at it and buying in better areas. Man, I got stuff I paid a thousand dollars for that I get offers constantly, like 120, 130. Wow. I'm like, man, I it's I don't why well, I don't want it, it's no need to sell it. I got yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's cash flows incredibly and it's in the appreciating area right in the outskirts of downtown Charlotte. So but yeah, I got some great stuff in my rental portfolio because even with buying rentals, man, um it's best to have a strategy and a plan. Yeah. And just yeah. not just 
throw rice, throw rice at it. Now, everybody who threw rice at the um, the ceiling the last few years, maybe it paid off. But um, these last few rentals, um, well, my portfolio now after learning about real estate invest, investing was um, a lot more strategic than just going and get a realtor and asking, hey, you think it's a good deal? Yeah, this is a good deal. And, you yeah. know. I learned from um, Robert Giyosaki that um, realtors are salesmen. Yeah. Stockbrokers are are salesmen. Mm -hmm. You don't take their advice. You tell them what to do. Yeah. Yep. Totally. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about creative financing because there's two problems that are inherent or they're not inherent, but there's two problems that people think they have all the time. Number one, finding deals. Number two, financing deals, right? It's always leads and money. So, Creative financing uh, solves the money problem, but let's talk about that for a little bit. And there's a, there's a million different ways to slice and, and call something creative financing. What is your strategy? How do you go into uh, a deal? What does it look like? And what are you what are you trying to accomplish in those deals? Okay, so me, when I try to accomplish a deal, if I'm buying it as a rental or a flip, uh, rental, I'll say. Okay, if I'm buying as a rental, I, me personally, since I I'm actually a deal finder myself. I do wholesale houses. I find deals myself. I want equity. I want cash flow, and I want potential appreciation. Yep. So I'm buying in neighborhoods that are in the path of progress. <clears throat> it's in the path of progress. I get a bunch of equity up after I fix it. I want a bunch of equity. Like on the minimum, I want forty, fifty, sixty thousand equity. Okay, um, uh, and then I got the cash flow. Yeah. So that's what I look for in a rental is that the rule of time I just teach, I teach people, Hey, listen, um, what you want to do, just, uh, appreciation is, you know, more of a bonus. You shouldn't really count on that equity is a paper number because of course I want them to play it safe with me, with my strategy. I'm, I'm a little bit more riskier because I, I have more comfort in being risky as I am in, um, certain neighborhoods in Charlotte because I invest locally. Yeah. So yeah. what is what does the deal structure look like with the seller? What what are you doing that's creative or how what's your brand of creative financing? Um my creative financing basically, you know, I'm doing a birth strategy, but I'm not going to traditional banks. Um I'm doing subject to uh I'm not gonna say own the finance dried up around here. So it's a lot harder to get it in my market okay. than it would used to be. Um, but uh, subject to only find other people money, um, refinancing, but I'm, I'm refinancing with local banks that allow me to refinance in with LLCs and things like that. Yeah. Um, so for those who don't know the difference, so if you go to the bigger banks, um, they'll tell you, well, you're only allowed to own 10 properties. That's not necessarily true. If you go to the secondary market, the local banks, yes, your interest rate will be higher. Your terms may not be as favorable as doing it in your name. However, you can own, I own uh, well over 10 properties. Okay. Okay. So <clears throat> let's talk about, I know you you talk about when, you, when you're on these types of shows, multiple exit strategies and multiple streams of income. What does that look like for you? What do you, what do, you do to create this, this multiple streams of income and multiple exit strategies? All right. So, um, you know, that's a great question. So um, if you look online on social media, you'll see people, they're doing the Amazon drop shipping, they do real estate, and they also uh, cut hair on the side. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, you just want to be in multiple streams of income. Doesn't have to be multiple industries. And a lot of those guys 
are are just broke behind the scenes and it's just an all of a side because in real estate you can push up to you can you can push seven eight figures just out of you know one niche of real estate so Mm -hmm. i don't see the purpose of just spreading myself in different industries when you know um i'm barely reaching all the potential that I can do here in real estate. And I actually love what I do. I'm passionate about what I do. So therefore, um, multiple streams of income can be multiple rental properties. So if you got five rental properties, then it's very unlikely that all five will be vacant at once, uh, maybe one. But since you have multiple streams of income, your other four probably cover that one. Uh, With me, my multiple streams of income, I have multiple rental properties, um, I have, I fix and flip properties. Um, I don't have any new bills going on right now. Um, I also wholesale properties every month. All right. And I just include the educational side of real estate. So that's, and everything is within like real estate is the foundation. You know, I'm yep. not over, he- I'm not over here telling people, Hey, give me $30,000 so I can start you over an Amazon dropshipping company, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm not over there saying, hey, listen, you need to uh, sell shirts so you don't have to keep the inventory. No, I'm over here. I'm in real estate. That's the foundation. I actually make money doing real estate. That's why I call myself a guru because I, I actually do this business. Yeah, that's huge, man. There's so many people out there giving advice and they're not even doing the business anymore. You can tell they're not doing it. Um, why do why does every investor need to be a rookie all over again? Why, why do you say become a rookie all over again? And what's that um, mean? Yeah, the reason the reason I, I say you know be a rookie all over again because sometimes you want to keep that hunger, man. When I was uh, that that hunger um, is like no other when you're new, and you you have a full of energy. But also with real estate, man, it's always learning, man. You know, I still fail. You know, I still fail. There's some days I wake up, I just want to quit. I don't. I look at myself. Uh, you know, uh, am I even good at this? You know. So and. Last month, man, I think I did. I, I, well, I did well over, you know, 100K, but, you know, and last month, but I, I, so I question myself sometimes, you know, I question myself, but, um, you know, you want to be a rookie because you always want to be learning. Yeah. There's so much I don't know about real estate, you know? Yeah, I've done a lot of residential transactions, residential real estate transactions, but I, I you know, I haven't done every last one and I, and I don't have intention to do some of those. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, man. And um, with that being said, um, yeah, I think you should become a stay a rookie because you should always be learning because there's always something to learn. Totally. I, You know, a lot of people who, especially if they've been doing this a little while, they start overthinking the business a little bit. It's not a it's not a complicated business, really. And we tell people in my company, sometimes we need to go back to like blocking and tackling, like just basics, right? Blocking and tackling. Let's just go back to what we know works and not overthink this thing. Some people make it out to be a lot more complicated. It's not easy, but it's simple. It really is. Real estate's not that complicated, uh, but people get a little bit too crazy. Now, we've been talking about resident, residential stuff and residential uh, uh, you know, landlord uh, being uh, rentals and things like that. But I, I think, and maybe I'm wrong, correct me if I'm wrong, that you are doing apartment buildings as well, or is that not true? No, I'm not doing apartment buildings. Okay, no, no. not doing apartment buildings. Is that something that you're interested in? Because I, I always, you know, I talk to people who do apartment buildings and they always have their reasons. I'd love to hear from you and why you're not doing them, at least right now. Like why why individual houses as opposed to apartment buildings? 
Um, the deals we've been getting over the last few years, man, we're just trying to right now, me and my team, and I got, I, I, I do have a partner in some aspects of business, man. And, you know, me and him were talking, it's like, man, let's beat wall street. Wall street doesn't go direct to seller or they do, but not like we can. Yeah. And with that, and what I mean by beat wall street, wall street now considers single family, uh, residents uh asset class and um you know that's why it's so heavily invested in real estate but with with me right um and i have nothing against apartment builders um nothing against it i just been the last few years just been focused on single family residential man and it's so that's so easy to offload man yeah where you know the apartment builders you have to um sell to um another investor Right. Um, you know, you have to sell to another investor. Of course, he wants a good deal. And, you know, they have sellers and buyers market just like the single family residence. But with single family residence, I, it's just for me, I just understand it so much more. I'm, I definitely want to get into apartment buildings. I just haven't done those deals yet. But that's something I definitely want to do. But um, and for the people saying like, yeah, they automatically assume that you make more doing apartment buildings than resident uh, single family residents. That's not necessarily true. Yeah, I know multiple guys who built a portfolio, big portfolios, um, over the last few years who've been offered, you know, um, seven and eight figures from, and I'm not talking low seven figures, high seven figures and eight figures um, net. After, you know, from, you know, if one of these hedge funds want to buy their, you know, buy their whole portfolio. Right. So, yeah, man, it's so I, I say that to say that, um, you know, you can make a lot of money either one. You just got to buy right and, and, you know, educate yourself and do it the right way. Yeah, completely. So you mentioned that you have a partner. Why partner? And, and if you don't mind, if you uh, I'm assuming it's going well with your partner, but. What makes a good partnership? Because a lot of people try partners and it just crashes and burns. It doesn't work for them. Something goes wrong. How did you pick your partner? And uh, what? why does it work? What makes it work for you guys? Okay, well, um, that's a great question, right? Because I literally just... And when I say partner on transactions, I don't mean like me, but me and this partner I'm, you're talking about, yes, we do have a few entities uh, together, but... And mainly, um, as far as him, I got something that, you know, money can't buy, which is trust, right? So I got trust with him, um, which that's not typical. And you, yeah. you shouldn't, you know, expect that from people. You shouldn't expect anything from people. Um, expect not to have an expectation. So, you know, with that being said, man, um, I've had one bad partnership. All my other partnerships, they're mainly transactions. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had one when I tried to be partnered on the transaction and they left me high and dry on a, on a rehab. It was, it was my fault. I allowed them to enter the deal with just labor and their GC license. Whereas um, I should have made them put up money and, you know, um, I trusted and I got burnt for it. Yeah. So, so you don't, so you say, is it, okay. So am I hearing then that you don't have like a partner, like a 50, 50 partner in your business, you just no. partner on transactions, like individual deals. That is correct. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I think that's smart. Honestly, I think a lot of people get burned because they just bring someone into 50% of their business and then. You know, they don't hold up their end of the bargain. And, and then now you got someone who owns half your company. I, I tell people all the time, if you want to partner, like if you want to give away half your business, I think it's a mistake. But at least first, 
uh, do it on a transaction basis, right? And that way you do four or five of those, you kind of see what someone brings to the table, whether or not they can perform before you just bring them into your company, right? Yeah, absolutely. So you start with a transaction. You don't just bring them in your company. Um, you start with a transaction. Then from one, like the one that went wrong, I told them, hey, listen, we're going to do this one. Then we're going to do another one. We're going to do, I wasn't going to jump and just start the LLC, but we couldn't get through project one. Yeah. And what you'll notice, um, first of all, a lot of people can't keep their word, but it's easy to keep your word on week three. But can you keep your word on on third month? There's no checks coming in and there's still more work to be done. Yeah. So that's where, you know, things go wrong and reality yeah. sets in. So not everybody is good for keeping their word. And um, yeah, so it, they just go they just go south a lot of times and end up in court. Yeah. I had people, my my part, my private money lenders, um, they partnered with me. One in particular, he partnered with me. He said, man, I don't want to do this, man. Normally partnerships end up in court. And this is uh, a younger version of me. And I'm like, end of a court, man. I'm, I, no, no, partner with me. I, I'm just listening to you. And um, it actually turned, he he made the decision to bring in the third partner, which he then started to complain about the third partner to me. That, and I'm like, yeah, well, okay, you brought that guy in, but <laughs> I still have that relationship. I still have, I, if I wanted to partner on stuff, he still offers to partner on stuff with me because I'm easy to work with. I'm not going to be one of those, I'm not one of those people that can't hold on my end of the bargain. What do you need from me? I'll get it done, et cetera. So especially yeah. when partner with a knowledgeable guy, hey, listen, if I got to take orders, I'll take orders. You know, I don't have to give orders 100% of the time. Yeah. You know, yeah. this is a team. Let's just win. Right. Yeah, but not everybody has that mentality. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I totally agree with you. What What does your company look like personnel wise? Do you have a team? Do you have folks that work for you? What does that look That's like? It. What's your team That's look it. like? Yeah, I got people to work for me. I got um, right now we got six virtual assistants. Okay, what do six they do? Vir- what, what do you do with six virtual assistants? What What are they? What's their function? Uh, basically, they just do the grunt work, which is um, one one is a transaction coordinator. The other, the other five are the um, the other five. They just do grunt work, like go cold call, text, get get us the leads for the four acquisition managers. I got four acquisition managers that go out, make appointments, look at houses, lock houses up, gotcha. and we typically wholesale them. Okay, okay, gotcha. Well, how do you decide which ones you're going to wholesale, which ones you're going to flip or hold on to as rentals? Um, basically we just look at the deal, like deal, the deals that's too good to be true. Um, we learned to hold those as rentals, the good, the, the deals that are uh, home runs. Um, we, we decide if it's better to flip, um, depending on the scope of work, if it's better to flip or just wholesale. So you try to keep the stuff that's a ton of work, just wholesale that out stuff. That's easy to take down and flip. You just take those yourself. Okay. That makes sense. That's kind of what we do too. I, we don't, we don't want to, we're not trying to get into some big wholesale or some big flip projects for the most part, especially in a market like this. Like, you know, the people you remember, the people who got really burned in like 2007, 2008, 2009, they were the ones who got into these super long projects and they caught, got caught in the middle, right? Where their, their numbers in the beginning of the project and by the end of the project, totally different and they and they just kind of got burned so in the in a market where we're so tippy top you know we feel like we're at the top of the roller coaster a little bit getting into a 
you know, a 12 month, uh, 18 month project that ain't happening, right? That's, that's, that's just be for disaster. So, um, yeah. now you mentioned that you call yourself a guru. We, we talked about why that is because you're, you're doing it. What do you have going on? I know that you have something called the Duru squad. It's on your shirt. What is, what is that all about? Oh, basically a Duru squad, man. DuruSquad.com, man. It's basically my students where I educate them on how to wholesale houses, how to buy rental properties. Um, just break down the formula to as they can understand and they can do it. Because one thing, I don't want to just teach people how to wholesale, make a bunch of money and be a one trick pony. Right. You know, um, real estate offers too many benefits and to just be a wholesaler. You know, I want you to be an actual real estate investor and actually investing in real estate. So that's basically what we teach. Um, and we add courses and things of that nature. Like, so um, currently working on, you know, adding a buying real estate in your IRA type of thing. And it's going to be added and it is no additional charge. So it's basically like a family. Um, we're trying to build, man, and just educating, educating people who want to make extraordinary income. Yeah, I love it. Cool. And and the, the big part, to me, the, the most biggest key here is you should always try to listen to people who are doing the business. I think that's so important. It's just like, and it's nothing against like some of these guys that have been around for 25 years, but you know, they've been on the circuit and, and going to conferences and stuff. And I just, they're not doing it anymore. They haven't probably done it since the nineties. And they're still, they're still kind of like, educating the way they did 15 years ago. And the business changes a little bit, right? There's things that, that happen. So not to, I'm, and I'm not naming names on purpose, but I think the bottom line is if you're going to listen to somebody about real estate and investing and building your business, at the very least, listen to someone who's actively doing it, right? Who, who can kind of show you what's going on in their own company. So man, listen, it's been a blast. I appreciate you doing this. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. And uh, I just think you're, you're up to some good stuff. And I, I just, I love what you have going on, man. So thanks for doing this. All right, man. No problem, man. Thanks for having me on, man. Appreciate it. Yep, absolutely. And we'll have links to all the stuff that we talked about, the Duru Squad, how you can get involved. Uh, we'll have links to all of that. Uh, again, thanks for doing this, and I appreciate your time, man. All right. Thanks a lot. All right, brother. Bye. All right. That was a lot of fun. Nasser is a blast. Uh, just a good guy and a fun guy to talk to you. And I hope you guys enjoyed that uh, conversation because I did. Uh, but in any event, regardless, I need you to do me a favor. Get out there and get going. What are you waiting for? Now is the time. Don't wait for a better market. Don't wait for a worse market. Don't wait for some event to happen that's outside of your control. Go out there and take control today. Make it happen. I want today to be the best day of your professional life. Go get it. We'll talk to you next time.